Hey, and we're back. It is podcast time. Um, I have my phone here, which may be a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. Uh, but I just have some, some questions to go over. And this one's going to, I'm going to do my best to make it a music focused episode. Uh, a lot of people just talk about my philosophy on describing playing. Uh, I'm definitely more of a gear educator. I find it way easier to teach that stuff, the, the tech side, because I, uh, really struggle to understand that and playing. I've been playing since, uh, really young age so a lot of the stuff that I learned that people are like hey how do you do that I never even thought about necessarily so talking about music in that way is always a struggle because I have to go back to age seven or eight sometimes and be like uh oh yeah yeah this (laughs) but um but with that aside it's important to be able to describe ideas and talk about them on like a macro scale and I kind of only do that in lessons. Like I don't get the chance to sit and I don't really try to make content that teaches music because I think there's so many people out there that know how to do that really well. Um, I'm not one of them yet. So with that in mind, let's talk about here's Pat Lawrence. He says, please do a podcast discussion, rant, etc., on Jerry, all caps phrasing. And I love this man. Great question, Um, even though it's not a question. It's just sort of a phrasing. It's a topic. Um, Phrasing is the best way I can describe it. I think I'm I'm taking this from a friend of mine who heard it in one of his jazz classes. Uh, And it was something about, or maybe he experienced this. I can't remember. It's definitely a jazz thing. Um, it was, it was like when you're playing a solo and you're trying to have good phrasing, what does that mean? And it was like, well, said one of the ways that you can do it, he's like, how long would it take to have a draw of a cigarette? And it was like, huh? And he's like, try it. And he's like, play a phrase and then take a draw of the hypothetical cigarette and then play another phrase. And so he acted it out for me. He's like, all right, so blah, blah, blah. And he takes a takes a breath. And it's kind of uncomfortably long because you're playing a song. He's still, you know, inhaling. You go, then get back to it. Like just doing that breath here now for me was uncomfortable with you all because I'm like, I want to fill all the space. Um And so that's unfortunately like what a lot of us want to do is fill all the gaps because we're learning, right? It's exciting to learn. And when you can play more, why wouldn't you play more, right? Uh, I got to think of a a song that's good for phrasing. Uh, Oh, I think Tennessee Jed is always a really good one because it's slow. But let's let's do like a Tennessee Jed and I'm going to hold nothing back and uh, and play. I kind of look at like I have two sides as a player too. I have this overly excited young kid always like he's always there. That's where the hoppy sort of sounds come from. Um, And then I have this sort of uh, I don't know what the word is, but like jaded adult. (laughs) That's like I don't know. The jaded adult is the regulator of what I play and will sometimes stop me and, and be like, hey. (laughs) <laughs> we gotta we gotta work this out again and 
Oftentimes when that happens, I'll work it out again. I'll give myself some more space in between the phrases. Like a lot of times your issue, I'm telling you your issue, could be that you're playing way too much. Um, and it's funny too, because like, I think our, our instinct when we hear that is to kind of protect ourselves and I'm not playing too much. <laughs> like, no, I'm really good. I just learned how to do my, I can play that whole line really beautifully. Yeah, but what if you only played? And then you, you know, let a different idea take over. Um, so <laughs> anyway, this is a rant, Pat. This is what you asked for, right? So Tennessee Jed, um, let me just try to fill all of the space and you're going to be exhausted. It is literally, it's exhausting to hear music. And this is, this is within our genre. Like if you're talking about metal, obviously I'm not even anywhere on the charts of quote, a lot of notes. <laughs> close quote. So like this is within our Grateful Dead music genre and, and sort of the bluegrass and jazz uh, ecosystems that, that can parallel this music. Um, I feel like Tennessee Jed is a good example here because it's, it is hard to overplay on it. So I'm going to really have to try to like fill all the space and it kind of makes you come back and play that phrase. So it's got phrasing built into the song and I'm going to try like good phrasing. I'm going to try to dismantle that. <laughs> so here's the first verse. just played the whole time no dynamics no contrast there is a balance that is created by um phrasing it's a silence between the notes and uh phrasing is one of those cool terms that when you're like oh yeah you finally learned you can give that as a compliment <laughs> you're so proud of yourself <laughs> oh man de i've definitely done that many times <laughs> dude you're phrasing <laughs> anyway go tell a musician they have great phrasing it'll make their day um, so, okay. So that was Tennessee Jed. Again, this song that already has like a nice little way to sort of space out your, your moments of saying something. Um, I ruined it. I just tried, I <laughs> like, let's try the cigarette theory. <sighs> That was literally the exact perfect timing between each of the. And breathe in, breathe out again. It's like they're they're spaced perfectly, so the song is inherently a great song for this. Um, so now we can kind of let's use a more conservative. Uh, approach to playing this and really just only play the line the boo, and then we'll play like um we'll play some other notes as we see fit but we're not going to go above and beyond to do anything so this is what i would say tennessee jed with uh more tasteful phrasing but kind of the opposite end of the spectrum we're, we're pulling way back all right one
So to me, even though maybe we didn't say as many different kinds of things, um, it was a more focused message to our playing. Like, I guess when we're talking about these macro musical concepts, the questions you're trying to ask yourself is like, how am I, what am I presenting to the audience right now? What is, um, and a lot of times we're presenting things that we don't necessarily know we're presenting or giving off. Like you'll bring your emotions from the day into a show sometimes. And maybe you're getting worked up in your head cause oh, fuck, I didn't get time to practice today. And then this is what happens to me at least. Like I'll have a Wednesday night, Michael cigar bar gig. And, uh, it's really funny to see where my mind goes. Um, and there's nights where my mind is way more, conducive to phrasing things properly and nicely and then there's other nights where i'm just like trying to be a fucking guitar performance uh circus person and like and there's there's room for tricks always there's fun things like roy buchanan one of jerry's heroes was a master of those cool electric guitar tricks like volume knob stuff and squeals all kinds of cool sounds playing behind the nut um but anyway, my, my point about the being focused, you have to be in the moment. You have to not be thinking about your scales and you really have to not be thinking about how to play any of the stuff you're playing. So phrasing is, is sort of that, I guess it's such a coveted term for the, oh wow, good phrasing. Uh, because it's one of the last things that you should bother yourself with. And it's, I don't know, it's, that's, that's a tough statement. I don't, think I agree with that but it I think there's so many other things that you have to learn first like you have you can't work on great phrasing if when you try to play Tennessee Jet it sounds like like you're it's just not gonna phrasing is not in your wheelhouse yet uh, so learn learn the songs work on refining them and you're not gonna be able to practice phrasing when you are refining uh, your tunes as far as how to play the notes but when you feel like you really know a song, um, start start just sitting down and maybe practice a four or eight bar uh, little section and just kind of figure out, play it a few different times and try drastically different stuff. And you're going to hear as a listener, helps if you record yourself. Like I've been recording this, obviously, because you're hearing it. But if I fuck something up, I'm able to go back, listen and go, oh, no, I need to try it this way. So. Sorry, it's not one take. I've definitely recorded all these songs like three times. <laughs> so I was going to play an Althea and then realized that was kind of difficult to get my point across. <laughs> so we're going to try a Get Out My Life Woman. I think it is Get Out Of My Life Woman, but Get Out is how they say it. Alan Toussaint tune. Um, Jerry Band covered it frequently in the key of C has this really cool little bass line and so it's to me it's some of um like a lot of people use Grateful Dead songs like Tennessee Jet or Althea 
as like a Jerry Tone tester song. To me, this is like my my JGB testing tone song. Like, it, does it have the bounce in the bass notes? Uh, I'm playing it on Alligator through like a pretty, uh, yeah, this is like a hybrid rig. Look, I'm doing a musical episode and I can't stop talking about tone, sorry. Uh, but since we've opened that door, I'm playing alligator wired passive with one meg capacitor. The volume is like half right now, so it's pretty dark. Um, I have a twin preamp on 72 spec settings right now, bright mode, gain at like almost seven. And then uh, treble 10, mids five, bass off. And I have it running through a Macintosh and a K120. So it's almost a 70s rig, except for I have the Mac in there. He was just using twins by themselves back then. Okay, anyway, get out my life, woman. Let's try, let's try overplay, underplay, and just right. I'm going to do three back to back. Here we go. <laughs> All right, here's the overplay. play there's no no breath no room to breathe here we go here is sort of underplayed way too little said i'm definitely not saying either overplaying or underplaying at moments is bad i think that you have to use those uh tools in your arsenal but you can't do them the whole time so let's underplay the whole time here we go here's underplay I just did one phrase. So I only really played three phrases. I think most people would agree that's too little. Now let's do, uh, let's do one that feels right. Sorry guys, I'm learning how to play and talk at the same time. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is just sort of me doing it as me. Not the best example, 
Uh, I wish I had executed the, the fast part better. <laughs> and uh, kind of ironic to do that in one where you're like, now it's all natural. <laughs> ah, I always struggle with that one. So, um, but the point of that was like, hey, we're blending a little bit. We're doing some really slow phrasing. We're doing some, maybe a quick line for a little bit. Uh, that's kind of how I look at Jerry Garcia phrasing. There's, I, you can't do it like him. Like there's just no, he was too good at it. <laughs> there's no reaching that threshold. So my version of it is sort of, I, I don't know. I, I guess I like spell it out for myself. I look at it in big black and white blocks of like, he's playing fast. He's not playing fast or he's saying, a lot. I think a better way to say it would be, he's saying a lot right now, or he's saying very little, but off like when he said very little, he still said a lot. So maybe that's the message of today is, uh, if you have good phrasing, you will always say the exact right amount. We wrap up for the day. Um, I wanted to mention that just because Jerry is in that unobtainable level of perfect phrasing, in my opinion, along with people like Derek Trucks and BB King, I don't know. I feel like those three are like my famous powerhouse phrase people just off the top. There's obviously so many other guitarists um, in that tier that I'm failing to mention, but these five people that I wrote down, um, starting with Dylan Adams. I don't know what band he plays in. I should. Sorry, Dylan. I'm de He's definitely not listening to this. But, uh, dude, he is like, he's one of those people I have said the great phrasing compliment to <laughs> in his Instagram comments. This guy is, I mean, it's hard to compare uh, slide players to anybody that's not Dwayne Allman or Derek Trucks. Um, but this, this guy makes it easy to do that. Like you can hear all of the different influences he's acquired over the years. Clearly a huge slide aficionado, like master of this, this stuff, but he's, uh, he's just nasty. I like his playing. Go listen to him. Dylan Adams. I think it's Dylan Adams guitar. Um, and then the four others are Pro, are more known I think I'm guessing Charlie Hunter he's he's you know god tier of his own in some of these things he plays Eric Krasno is fucking uh every note man uh and his bandmate Adam uh Schmeens got to see Adam play a show recently and when I say this man was a reserved guitar player like in the coolest way you could possibly imagine this guy held back to the to the like oh like the whole time I wanted more but at the same time I was like no he's giving us exactly what we need and then when he like cut it loose for the 10% of the show where he's just going crazy it was the coolest contrast because you wouldn't you wouldn't know the bebop licks could come out when he's just doing funk pocket jams a just badass rhythm guitar and then he'd break free and it was really really cool so um people like schmeens who are super super dynamic like i think i live in a very narrow zone as a guitarist as far as preferring to 
play single line stuff, uh, single line, I guess, single note stuff, I think is what I'm trying to say. Like I'm not in a band where I play heavy rhythm guitar duties. Um, I'm pretty out front with leads. So I, I, I don't know. I see a, a dude like Schmeen's play rhythm guitar mostly all night and then break out like one or two solos and go crazy with it. That was really cool. I don't, I don't, I'm like more <laughs> actively soloing, which makes me get tired of notes quicker. I don't know. Again, why it's nice to practice phrasing so you can do stuff where you're happy with your performances. <laughs> I'm not there yet. Um, and then last guy, Max Newman, he taught me lessons for however many years. I still call him my guitar teacher, even though we have it. It's been a minute since he taught me a lesson. But uh, Max Newman of the Main Squeeze, dude's a master of solo construction. And for me, he he helped me like be able to break up solos into chunks and sort of sections. And um, hey, how do you elevate a solo that's uh, two minutes long? How do you stretch out that far? he was really good as a teacher at being like, Hey, so this is what I'm thinking during these first four rounds. This is what I'm thinking during the next. And he would talk about like note caps and sort of capping the highest pitch the audience hears during a solo. And maybe you do stuff all over the neck, but that's the absolute highest note you play uh, for a while. And then the audience gets really used to hanging on that. And when you bend another note that's higher and it, you know, maybe bends into the one or it bends into the major third. Uh, that can be a really cool climax moment. So anyway, trying to give away the secrets. Um, that is all. Have a great day.